The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Come on, put your hands together and stand up on your feet. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. I've been preaching a series that I kind of put on pause, but I'm going to reopen it for this morning at the leading of the Lord. The series is entitled Amazing Grace. You say, well, that's kind of redundant. I mean, we heard, by the way, it's, you know, great. But what you don't realize, or maybe you do, there is a false grace teaching that is spreading the Western church. It's like gangrene. And there have been those, even like in the Jude, who've crept in to teach false teaching and as a result are causing many actually stumble in their walk with the Lord. And it's a great problem in the Western church. And so we did a series on amazing grace this past week. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 17. Now, while you're turning to Ephesians uh, verse 17, let me just uh, quickly make mention of uh, two, you're all important, but two, two individuals. Um, Edna DeVries, would you please come and just stand here for a moment? And uh, uh, Dave Ammon, David Ammons, would you come and stand here, please? Uh, our church has grown to the size uh, of formal membership where we are actually able to nominate and put somebody on the board just from Alaska. And that's a great honor that we have. And so these uh, two have been nominated, Edna DeVries. Yeah, George, thank you. George Ostermiller, would you come? Now, George is going to be getting on a plane and heading back to the Hawaiian Islands, but he was also nominated, uh, not from Alaska, because he's really from Hawaii, but he comes back and forth. Thank you, George, for coming. And so he'll, he's, he's on, the, uh, on the ballot also. So tonight, at, uh, after our 6 p.m. service, and anybody's invited to come. We're going to go over all the finances of the church. You'll be able to see where every dollar goes and, and uh, sit in that meeting. It starts at about 8.30. It's a little bit late, but come on, you've done other things later than that. <laughs> Amen. Come on, just hang out. We're going to have a blowout church tonight, and we're just going to hang out and have fellowship. And, and uh, if you want to bring a dish or something to eat, or, you can do that, and we'll hang out. About 8.30, we'll go live. We'll stream right on these screens here, and uh, the whole church will be connected through uh, modern technology, and we will vote on board members and go over all, all the, finance, the financial report, the year-end report, go over all of that. And on those ballots, you will see uh, Edna DeVries uh, representing a nominee for uh, the state of Alaska, as well as uh, David Ammon. So we will vote. It'll be one of these two that'll actually be put on the board and the whole church, 108 different extensions will vote for that. So you begin to pray and let God lead you. You say, well, I don't know them. Well, their, their, their bios are in there. You can read them and uh, pray. Let the let Lord speak to you. Amen. And then George Ostermiller, who's, they're, they're all great uh, men, women of God. They're great. They're great people. George is going to represent over, uh, been nominated for, uh, for Hawaiians. Maybe you're here, Brother George. Praise God. He was on the, on nominate, nominated last year also. Let's just pray for them. Father, we thank you for the fact that we can make a difference, Lord, and we can have people that go to represent us. 
And Lord, we pray that you would put your people on the board and you would speak to us about who to vote for. I thank you that all of them are exemplary. All of them live holy, godly lives. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that they've said yes to allow for their names to come forward for them to be able to serve. Now put the people on board that you would have. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Would you put your hands together for them that they're willing? Thank you so much. Bless you. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. If you're all there, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We do have notes. If you don't have them, just flail your arms wildly and they'll bring that to you. All right, just kidding. Just raise your hand and they'll bring that to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it. He, he does what? He insists on it in the Lord. That you must, everybody say must, must, no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with all the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off. Everybody say put off. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on, say that, to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must, everybody say must, must put off. And let's pray. We'll go through that. Father, thank you for this powerful word this morning. May we be forever changed and the effects of this service be far-reaching to eternity. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move the way you want to move. Will not hinder you, will not stop you. And every man, every child, every woman be brought low and you be glorified, magnified. And give us hearts to respond, ears to hear what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was in a, a uh, meeting this week, as I am nearly every week of the year with Dr. Morocco, and he began to mentor us uh, from the very text that I'm going to preach to you. In fact, last Sunday, he preached uh, this text of Scripture. And while he was sharing and preaching it to us, I was just stirred. And I thought, man, that's a powerful word. Amen. I thought, Lord, do you want me to preach that? I just, you know, I've just been praying and seeking the Lord on it and talking with the different pastors across the U.S. And uh, here in Alaska, I found that many of them were preaching that text. They said, man, God spoke to us. And I thought, Lord, do you want me to? I felt like he said, yeah, you preach it. So really, in many of our churches across America, this text has been, is being preached. And a very simple message entitled, Put Off. Put on. So much of this has been put together by Dr. Morocco, but I got my own spin on it. I love what the one preacher said, I milk a lot of cows, but I make my own butter. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Grace is amazing. Everybody say grace is amazing. Grace is absolutely amazing. There's a song that's written by it, but it's 
truly amazing. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. In the text that we were reading, Ephesians 4, if you back up a little bit and look look at verse 10... It goes on, it says this, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to good do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's a purpose for God's grace. You say, what is it? It's to do good works. There's a purpose for God and God's empowerment. There's a purpose. Listen, you were saved for a reason. You got delivered for a reason. And if you haven't been delivered or saved, just hang on. They'll give you an opportunity this morning. There really is a purpose. Literally what God's saying through verse 10 is that we're, we're God's special project. Some of us are more special than others, if you know what I'm saying. Come on, God's at work in your life. And his, his work in your life is to make you actually more like him. Listen, God doesn't pour out his spirit, save you, write your name in the Lamb's book of life so that you could just go and do whatever you want to. That, that's not what that's it. There's certain things that you must do. In fact, the apostle Paul insists in the Lord. There's these commands. They're not suggestions. And if you look at your notes, it's in this letter that the apostle Paul gives a look at what it's like to live in God's grace. There are instructions really for Christian living. And because... Who we are, the apostle commands us. He he does what? He commands us as Christians to live differently than the world. If you're saved, you've given your heart to Jesus, your life should be significantly different than everybody around you. We're still supposed to live among them, but we're not supposed to be like them. And it's amazing to me how many believers are just trying to be like the world, you know, to try to fit in. The key is really in verse 22. Well, let's take it from verse 21. Now, we didn't read that, but we're going to look through Ephesians chapter 4. We'll go on into Ephesians 5 and look at just the beginning part of 6 and get this snapshot picture of what it means really to walk in grace. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 says, You heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires that have been made new in the attitudes of your mind, verse 24, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You want to keep your Bibles open. You were taught to put off, everybody say put off, put off, that's in your notes, put off your old self. Another verse of scripture says to reckon yourself dead. And it's your fallen human nature. See, if you keep yielding to your fallen human nature and you don't put off your fallen human nature, you're going to end up significantly messed up. And he says to put on the new self, verse 24 created to be like God. You were created to be like God. That's why he saved you, so you could be like God. Not like the world, not like your old former life, but to be transformed, to be changed. It's God's intention to make you and I look like him. Wow. He's got quite a job to do, doesn't he? Uh, but we participate in that. We've been predestined to be conformed into his image. Jesus is the invisible God made visible. 
and we're to become like him. And so God's at work in you, causing you to will and act according to his good purpose, as the scriptures say. We're to put off the old man, to put on the new. And the Apostle Paul, uh, starting from verse 25, he gives these things that you must do. And we're calling them the ten musts. Everybody said the ten musts. The ten musts. The, the, The first one is stop lying, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Stop lying, speak the truth. Everybody say it. Stop lying, speak the truth. It's interesting that he starts with the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Some of you have been messing yourself up with your mouth. Your words are powerful. God said, let there be light. We still have it today. God created by speaking. Only mankind he made different with his hands. And he breathed breath. Nefesh made us a living soul. But he created things by his words. It's interesting in the book of Numbers when uh, the the account of the spies coming back and they give the report and they said, you know, we were like, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and then it says, and so we were like grasshoppers. It's a fascinating, I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's chapter 31. The way they saw themselves is the way that they were living. What you speak either brings life or death. James talks about that. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I know that's incredible, but he goes on to say that ships, as large as they are, they're driven by wind and seas are turned by a small rudder. And the apostle Paul here says... Stop lying. So well, I'm, I, I don't lie. Well, let, let me say that. How about this? When the creditor calls, maybe, and your child picks up the phone, and you see that it's, you know, 1-800-I-want-my-money or whatever it is. And like, shit, don't tell him. I'm not here. Tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm not here. Not here. Mom's not home. Mommy. Mommy's not home. Tell us, hey, not mommy. You're teaching your kid to lie. Well, we're supposed to put off falsehoods. Secondly, control your anger. Control your what? Control your anger. Verse 26 and 27. Brace yourself. This might sting. For some of you, it certainly, uh, it certainly was affecting me. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And do not give a devil a foothold. See, in your anger, don't sin. Now somebody said, well, that's not righteous indignation. I think righteous indignation is instantaneously made not righteous as soon as you get a hold of it. <laughs> anger. Many people control with anger. I, when I was growing up, my father, I'm on, you just, dude, I'm telling you now, you didn't cross that jarhead. You didn't, you didn't cross that marine, buddy, because that would be a serious mistake. Okay, so I had a fear of my dad. Because if you disobeyed him, you know, you're going to get the college ring, which he would turn backwards, and he would crack me upside the back of the head. There's just certain, you know, is that abuse? Well, look, there's certain things that you just didn't, you didn't do. <laughs> Spare the rod, spoil the child, but there certainly is abuse. And I, I, I will tell you, one of the things that I've had a challenge with is I've had a challenge of having a short wick. I had a, I had a challenging time this week. There's certain things that just... They just irritate me. I, am, I, am I preaching the choir? Anybody else? You say, well, you're a pastor. Yeah. I know. Which means I'll be held to a higher standard. So I hope you're interceding and praying for me. You got to control yourself. And I found myself boiling a couple times this week. Not good. 
Hey, I'm not talking about punching holes in drywall. I, I don't do that anymore. That was last week. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I got rid of that years ago, but I found myself just oh, getting a little angry. I'm like, what is that? That's the flesh. It's the flesh. It's my old fallen human nature. And you have to put that thing off. You got to get, you got to get a hold of yourself. And you said, well, certain things are wrong. And I get angry. I know. Just don't sin. And put a time limit on your anger. I've said this before, but if you don't put a time limit, look at verse 27. It says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So you can be really anger, angry a lot longer in summer here in Alaska. I'm just kidding. The picture is, the sun ain't down yet. Praise God. I'm still angry. But in the winter, you can, it's the winter you want to get more angry. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but just last time, isn't the Lord good to us? Now, the, the point is, is that, is that you put a time limit to your anger, really. And, and I think, I, I think a, a, you know, a whole day, you know, you go to lie down to sleep, whether the sun's up or not in Alaska, time to let it go, man. Because if you don't, it says, verse 27, that you'll give the devil a foothold. Anybody been climbing? Are there any climbers out there? You ever gone, you ever gone try to scale up the side of a hill or you try to do some rock climbing? You get, you get a handhold. You want to get the devil to have a handhold in your life? If you do, then just stay angry because it gives them a base of operations. It gives them a base camp. We're talking about how to live in grace. These are very simple things. They're, you must speak the truth. You must not let the sun go. Give a limitation to your anger and don't sin in your anger. Can you say amen? amen. The third thing is stop stealing. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you, stop stealing. Come on, tell him. You say, well, I don't steal. Okay, well, how about all those paper clips and pens you took from the office? I don't work in the office. Okay, how about that, the wood, the extra wood that was there that you died to side to slip in the back of your pickup truck from the construction job that you didn't ask for? D don't steal. Everybody say, stop stealing. All right, well, what about the long-distance phone calls you make? Okay, we well, you say you're not doing any of that. Well, good. Just make sure you don't steal. And it says, instead, work. Everybody say, work. work. Yeah, get a job. I think it's Thessalonians says if you don't work then you don't eat work's important work is sacred in fact it's very important to work and be a giver this is verse 28 let me, let me read this to you verse 28 of Ephesians 4 anyone who's been stealing must steal no must steals another must right there this is number 3 the third must must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Fascinating to me. You know, God's not interested in how much you make. Did you know that? He doesn't really care. There is no, there's no encouragement there in Scripture to say, well, you get some greater reward in heaven if you made a lot of money. But I'll tell you what he does give, what it is a given account is what you give. And, and God knows everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. He knows everything. We're supposed to be givers. Can you say amen? Look at four. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. Build people up with your words. So easy to tear people down. I remember when I first started preaching, my wife can attest to it. I was just, dude, I was rough. Repent! 
<laughs> I know you can't imagine that, but it's true. It's true. I was just like, really, really, I mean, really aggressive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's easy to beat people up with your mouth. You know, the only way the devil can speak is by using your mouth. Did you know that? There again, words, life and death. Use your words to build people up. Build people up. Come on, somebody say, build people up. All right, man, let me just give you a little pointer. I learned this a long time ago. You're standing there with your wife, and you see another lady come in. Don't ever tell her she looks beautiful, all right? Oh, you guys didn't figure that out? I'm just telling you right now. You, know, you save those words for your, 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 your wife and, and your daughter. Hannah, you look beautiful today. Hannah, Hannah looks beautiful. Karen, you look beautiful today. Praise God. Okay, I'm not going to say that to anybody else. Why? Just because those words are reserved. But doesn't, listen, women like to, like to be encouraged. Men like to be encouraged. Because, you know, we're, men are kind of like, they're like the Lord in a way. You know how? <laughs> do you know how when we sing and we worship, he inhabits the praises of his people? Well, if you'll just sing the praises of your husband, he just, he just walks a little taller, moves a little stronger. And she's like, that's right. You know, that's right. It's because we're like the Lord. That's why. Come on, men, men need respect and honor and all those things. Use your words to build people up. No unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth. I remember standing next to somebody and they just, believer, string of curses. They're like, excuse my French. Dude, French, nothing, man. That's not French. <laughs> This is what it means to live by grace. Do these things. This is, this is grace lived out in your life. Get rid of all, look at five, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. It's an attitude. You know, you know what I'm talking about, people, they just want to beat somebody. You ever met somebody who just like, they just want to hit someone. That's just kind of who they are. It's because they're bitter. Is because they're angry. It's because they have this stuff stored up in them and you gotta get it out. You gotta forgive. You gotta let go. You gotta get healed. Listen, I, I've known people in my own life. I'll just use my, my own life as an example. I had things happening to me in my childhood I was bitter and angry over. By the time I moved up into adulthood, I was just bitter and angry and hurt. It wasn't until really I received Jesus and became a new creature in Christ that I was able to look back and go, man, that was, that was messed up. And, and experience that pain would come back up and the Lord would heal me as I confessed things to him. As, as I would call on him and he would heal me. I think it's Ephesians 5. I don't know what verse, but that which the spirit makes manifest, he makes light. When God reveals something to you, he doesn't do it to torment you. He does it so that he makes it light. In other words, darkness becomes light. He'll heal you. Got to get rid of bitterness and anger. And that inside boiling. You got to get rid of it. And the truth is, if we don't, look at verse 30. We go back just a little bit, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, if you don't get rid of the of the bitterness and the anger, you'll grieve the Holy Spirit. 
Look, the Holy Spirit's not a dove. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit's a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. And you can grieve him. Come on, you ever talk with somebody and they're just, you just get grieved. You just feel like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. It's almost like get punched in the gut, I've heard people say. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers you to get rid of the old self. Wave at me if you understand what I'm saying. So you're a new creature in Christ. He comes to inhabit, he comes to live inside of you. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit, but you still are renewing your mind and you have to aggressively, by the power of God, by the grace, the enablement of the Holy Spirit, put off your old self. Put off speaking lies. Put off these things and this malice and deceit and bitterness because if you grieve the Holy Spirit then you lose your motor you you lose the power that God has given you to live in freedom and truth so you hold on to those things God can't have fellowship with bitterness He died on a cross for all that stuff. So if you don't deal with your bitterness, with your rage, with your anger, then the Holy Spirit gets grieved and cut off. I'm not saying you get turned over to to hell, but what happens is that you get cut off from the life of God. And that it's the life of God enables you to live like a new person. And so if you get cut off from the life, you're in trouble. And we got to operate in the opposite spirit. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. That's the opposite spirit. Learn to operate in the opposite spirit. Proverbs says a soft word turns away wrath. So when somebody's barking and angry at you, just try to calm down. And don't speak softly so they get more irritated. You know, you got to do it with the right heart. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you ladies know straight up what I'm saying. Some of you guys know too. Operate in the opposite spirit. Everybody say it. Operate in the opposite spirit. I learned this uh, years ago. There's just something supernatural by operating the opposite spirit. Be kind and compassionate. Love people. It's for the grace of God that you are where you are. Amen. My wife would remember very clearly we were living on the island of Kauai. And uh, we moved into this house and across the street. In fact, I remember when we drove up the, the road, the very first time we're moving the kids in the back of the car, we drove up the road and there was the neighbors directly across the street from our house. And we're, you know, we're, you know, ever heard of Aloha? Okay, there was none of that. There was no love. It was just like when we came up, they were just arms folded, stared us down. I'm like, how's it? What's up, bro? No waves, no smiles, nothing. I'm like, dude. I feel like maybe they, they hated Howleys, which are Caucasians. So we moved in. It wasn't pretty. They were, they were, they were horrible neighbors the first couple years. My kids heard curses for the first time. They would stand outside my house and yell obscenities. They would, on, uh, on, on holidays, they would take their cars and put on a set of tires and sit in the front of our house and burn rubber until our whole house would disappear in a cloud of burnt rubber smoke that would, I don't care, you can have your windows shut, that's getting in. Over and over they would do things, and I remember at three in the morning, 
woke, the, woke up our little babies and woke me up. Karen slept through the whole thing, but I remember. <laughs> I remember waking up and I was so hopping mad. I'm, think, I'm thinking, man, I, I got to get up early. And these punks, you know, does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I got, I walked into my living room. I'm like, man, I mean, I'm mad. And I'm like, God, and I'm, and I'm remembering, bless, don't curse. I'm thinking, Lord, bless them, God. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? That was the first way that prayer came out. Lord, just touch them right now. Jesus domestic violence and all kinds of stuff happening. I dialed 911, called the cops. Cops are on the way, but they don't get there soon enough. And actually, their father was a police officer. So the whole thing was corrupt. I mean, they would just show up and go, like, what's up, bro? Okay. And then they just drive away, and that's how that was. I remember reaching my hands out at 3 in the morning, and really, I didn't feel like blessing anything. I feel like going and taking care of business like the old guy used to do. And I blessed them. I said, Lord, bless, bless, bless them. And soon I began to pray for their kids. And I began to hear the domestic violence and women screaming and stuff. And my heart began to break. And then my heart was engaged really in the heart of the Lord, blessing them. And we blessed them. And we made, my wife made the most incredible set of Christmas cookies. It's like we delivered it to some kind of prison house from hell. I remember carrying those cookies over. I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't get shot. You know what I mean? I go over there, knock on the door, door opens what? Your neighbor, bro, just Merry Christmas. And they're like, (laughs) they took the cookies. You know, they have some wisdom. Amen. My wife makes the most incredible cookies in the world. They took the cookies and the door shut and it was like, oh, wow. There was no thank you or anything. It's like, wow. Okay. Well, we blessed him. It came to a head. I'm talking about operating in the opposite spirit. It came to a head one day when my wife called me. Oh, she remembers it well. She called me. She said, you need to come home right now. She said, it's horrible here. It was in the middle of the day. It was three in the afternoon. The lady underneath us, a grandma, had bought a car, and the car slipped out of a gear on the driveway, and it rolled back and hit the dude's truck. Can I tell you something? Don't touch the man's truck. You know what I mean? It's like, don't ever touch the dude's truck. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Any, don't, don't touch his ride. That's a big mistake. There's going to be hell to pay if you touch his truck. Okay, this thing rolled back and just smashed a quarter panel of his truck. And um, he had terrorized my home and was screaming in front of my house. And Pastor Karen could tell a better job of this part of it because I wasn't there. But she called me and said, you need to come home now. I raced home from, from ministry. I got home and you could just feel, you could feel violence in the air. And the lady downstairs was terrified. I talked to her and I went upstairs to hear the whole story. Now, when I'm upstairs, now I was having a bad day, so... I was having a bad day that day. Does anybody ever have a bad day? Okay, so I was having a bad one. All right, so I was already frustrated. I missed morning prayer, I think. It wasn't good. I wasn't really in the place of feeling spiritual. So just remember that for the rest of the story. So my wife's telling me what's happening. And while she's telling me, this dude comes out and stands in my driveway and rips off the most incredible obscenities and and acts of violence about how he's going to come and kill and maim and do all this stuff. And I just snapped. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I just said, and so I said, I said to my wife, I said, that's it. That's it. I'm going to knock his teeth down his throat. I'm going to work him so bad. And really, I could have done it. But I, I go down there. 
I'm going down the stairs. My wife's praying in emergency tongues. There's no stop at me. You know what I mean? She's like, no, don't. I'm all, there's no stopping. I go down the stairs. I open the door to go outside. And it was like, it was like I walked into the cloud of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure it was my wife interceding. I'm just thinking it's the grace of God. Because I, I would have gotten in a fight and it would have been really bad. You know, pastor beats the snot out of some fool. It would have been bad. So I open the door. As soon as I step out, it was like, everything just sort of goes slow motion. And I'm in this cloud and I'm, I'm, I'm walking into a fight, but I... Oh, Lord, I love you, you know? It's like, oh, birds flying by. Jesus, I can't even remember why I'm walking outside. And as I approach this guy, he comes rushing at me with a pickaxe. Y'all know what a pickaxe is? I'm not talking about a cute little one. I'm talking like a real one. You know, like pickaxe. And he comes rushing at me, screaming curses. And I'm watching him. He's going to hit me with the pickaxe. I still have no response. I'm all, pickaxe, Jesus. (laughs) There's a pickaxe. And he brings the thing back. What the raw? And as soon as he got to this point, he just goes... And he, and he wobbles back and forth. He drops a pickaxe, goes to the side of the street, and falls in a heap. While I'm standing there, I'm like, whoa. I'm not only am I not mad, he could have totally killed me with it. And then instantaneously, he's crumpled on the side of the road. And, cr- and he's like crying. I'm like, wow, Jesus, this is awesome. Do you know what happened? Now, as an, an accident, I'm, I just was going out to get a fight, honestly. The Holy Spirit, if you'll move by the Holy Spirit, he will change everything. Don't, don't operate in the same spirit. Jesus, should we call down fire? And he says, you know not what spirit you're of. I love the, the faith, though, that they could call down fire. I do like that. When somebody say operate in the opposite spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Be imitators of God and live a life of love. Now, I think there's a typo in your notes there. You can figure that out. Live a life of love. You've got to follow Christ's example. Follow God's example. As dearly loved children, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering, a sacrifice. The apostle Paul in Corinthians says, The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. You know, I have learned how to love. Love has nothing to do with passion or goosebumps. has nothing to do with your heart going pitter-patter. It has nothing really to do with even sexual drive or that kind of passion. How do we know what love is? But one man lays down his life for another. I've been married 17 years, right? (laughs) Okay, I got it. It's going to be 18 soon. I've learned to love my wife. I'm still learning. I mean, I love her deeply, of course. I think she's the finest thing on the planet. Amen. All that stuff. But real love, real deep abiding love is, is, is forever. It, it doesn't just bounce around from one person to one person or fall out of love. You know, falling out of love is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, really what you have to call love is covenant. It's, 
till death do us part. That's what marriage covenant is. Now, there are examples that, that uh, divorce is even appropriate. God hates divorce, and he says even then it's from the hardness of the heart. But if somebody breaks a marriage covenant through sexual immorality, and there's other ways to break it, then there's grounds for divorce. But there's some people that just want to get a new version, man or woman. Should not be that way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Don't even look at seven. Don't even give a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. That's verse three of chapter five. Watch your talk, verse four. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking. Nice hair, coarse joking. In other words, you don't like somebody's hair, you want to make fun of them, so you say, nice hair. And they go, nice face. And you go, nice life. Right, you, it's coarse joking. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, you can really hurt people that way. Verse 5, watch this. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, greedy person, such a person as idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of, God, of kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Wow. So the problem is that the person is an idolater and won't go to heaven. You say, really? Yes, really. That's what the text says. Can't get away from it. You say, I'm not comfortable with that. I know, but it's not about your comfort or mine. I mean, I wish it was different. Wouldn't it be great if it was different? It's not different. That's what the word says. Well, praise the Lord. Let's move on to see. God's wrath will come on you if you're an idolater. Let no one deceive you with empty words. So this whole false grace thing is it's okay. Hey, God loves you. It's all right. You know, he's, he's all right. He loves you. Yeah, he loves you, and there's clearly a way to live if you've entered into the forgiveness that Jesus has purchased for you and me. That you live a certain way. If you don't live that way, then it might be that you've not entered into that. God's wrath comes on the idolater. Some of you have never experienced God's wrath. I think I've experienced it in portion. It taught me really good. Live as children of the light, verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. Can you say amen? amen? Verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. You know you're maturing if you're asking God, what, how can I please you? That's a great prayer. You know you're maturing in God when you say, Lord, what, what, what's going to please you in this, God? And you respond in that way. Expose the fruitless deeds of darkness, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Look at C. Don't have interest in what evil people do. That comes from right verse 12. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. I remember hearing this testimony of uh, Dr. Morocco's mother studying abnormal psychology. And as she was studying the book, it just began to suck her in to this defilement. And the Lord spoke to her and said, close the book. And she closed it. And she got this scripture. She was getting her degree. You know, you got to be careful. You don't need to know what everybody does in secret. Don't be enamored. Don't lust after how, so all the new ways that they're, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of new drugs. There's all kinds of new perversion that's out there. And you don't need to ed be excellent at what is good and innocent of evil. You don't have to educate yourself on all of that. Be wise. Verse 15, be very careful in how you live, not as unwise, but wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You got to know the word. You got to know the word. 
Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, which, is, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are, I, I gotta just step away for a second. I am in the process of developing a, a message on uh, what we call Pakololo in Hawaii, a pot, smoking pot. It's just legalized. And um, I, am, I am not in agreement with uh, smoking dope as just a regular aspect of life. And nor am I in agreement with anything that makes you intoxicated. Anything that makes you intoxicated is sin. Anything that alters your conscience, it doesn't matter. Is it caffeine? You can dose yourself on caffeine, and, and it could be sin, absolutely. Some of you know what I mean. Like pop no-dose and stuff or whatever and just get spun. I think you can do it on energy drinks. Listen, if you're using energy drinks to get high, that's sin. Forget it. I'm going over here. Praise God. Okay, so, I mean... Can you do it with coffee? Yeah, you can do it with coffee. Do you drink coffee? I do. I don't drink so much that my face is getting pulled off and I'm chipping my teeth. You know what I mean? (laughs) And there's times when when I feel like it's become a bondage for me. No, really, and so I'll skip it. It's painful at first, and then, you know, you get free and you wonder why you ever had coffee. And so you could, you know, you gotta be careful about stuff. Say, what about like, um, what about painkillers? Thank God for, listen, if you've ever had the kind of pain and you're believing God to heal you, I think God allows for that, but not in excess where you're getting stoned. Right. If you have a back problem, I mean, a, you know, my dear brother back there, he went through some tremendous back pain, man. We prayed and God did miracles for you. I don't think that, that God wants us to sit there and suffer, so he allows for certain things, right? But if you're doing it to alter your conscience and doing it just, you know, it's wrong. Anyway, I'm going to get after the marijuana thing. I'm going I'm to, you know, I've been repeatedly, we've had, we have folks that are coming that say, hey, man, this is good. We want to, I mean, I'm not just one or two people. I mean, three or four. They love God. And they're saying, yeah, we should all just smoke dope. I'm just telling you, no. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm going to prove it to you. And there's, and, and there's an argument for it. But listen here, let me just say, even if you could make a good argument for it, let me just destroy it with this once and for all. Anything you're dependent on besides Christ can become an idol. And so you don't want to be dependent on anything but Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just wave your hand. Hallelujah. Come on, feel the love. Hallelujah. We break that spirit right now. Hallelujah. We declare holiness. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't get stoned. Amen. Don't get drunk. You know, I was... um, Let me just tell you what's much better than smoking dope or drinking wine. Be filled with the Spirit. I was walking, and I think God did this just for me this morning special. I was walking in this morning. My wife had just applied her makeup. Lipstick. (laughs) And uh, we were walking in. It was early. There was nobody outside, and I thought, it's a perfect time to steal a kiss. She just looks fine. And I thought, hey, baby. <laughs> and I leaned forward, and she said, no, 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 I, I, I've got lipstick on. I just did my lipstick, which means no kiss for you. That's what that means. So this is, and I think, I, I wasn't thinking about this, but it just came out of my mouth. I said, well, how about kiss me in the spirit? 
Give me a kiss in the spirit. So I, I got to get away from you. Praise God. I'll go over here. <laughs> so I, I looked into her eyes and the power of God came down on me and my wife in the front. And I'm telling you, it was so strong that we just had to stop kissing. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I don't mean, I, and I don't mean sexually. I mean, God touched us in a profound way in the spirit. And when I, and we started laughing and we said, oh, we better go into church. It's almost like turning red. Oh, Jesus. And I, I realized a little woozy. <laughs> I got so touched by God that there was, it was like an intoxication. Some of you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. There is a new wine. These are not drunk as you would suppose, but it's the third hour of the day. It, they are filled. This is that. It's Joel's bar and grill right out of the book of Joel. Some of you know nothing about being intoxicated with the Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. Everything the devil has is a, is a counterfeit of what God will offer you. And when you're tired and you're weary and you don't think you can hang on, don't light one up. Don't drink one back. Don't go and, don't get, you know what, just in, encounter God. Lift your eyes and lift your hands and call on his name till his power comes and his fire comes and he ignites your heart and you might find yourself lost. The things of this world go strangely dim. What is that song? Nope. Upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory. Sing it again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things, and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory. Lift your hands and sing it one more time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light. There's a place. There's a place in God where the burden will break. There's a place in God that can't be compared to anything that this world has to offer. Even as Song of Songs or Song of Solomon said, his love is better than wine. And an encounter with God will pull you through anything. An encounter with God, when, when real, it is so profound that you will never go back like a dog to vomit. Look, an encounter with God, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about an encounter with the one who loves you, made you. You will never substitute anything for that. And if you have not had that type of encounter, continue to come and cry out and pray. And you'll find yourself very possibly intoxicated with the love of God. And that's what he's saying. Be filled with the spirit. Be in church. And always be thankful. That doesn't say church in that scripture. Well, it might as well. 
speak to the mother in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and spirit sing, make music in your heart to the Lord. I mean, you came to church today. Hopefully God's touching you. I've got to close this. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Verse 21. Let me quickly move through this, although it's a whole sermon series in itself. Husband and wife relationships, submit one to another. All right? Wife, you're not a doormat. Somebody say amen. I'll preach shortly, very soonly. Soonly? Turn your eyes upon... I'm going to preach on women in ministry because there's such, a, there's such ridiculous teaching out there. I'm going to prove it soon. I'll advertise it. I'm going to blast it all over the radio. And every person who believes that women should not be in ministry, I double dog dare them to come to that service because I'm going to just take care of it in Jesus' name. It's, it's, it's ridiculous teaching that's out there. We're going to help with that. Husband and wife relationship, child and parent relationship. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. It talks about the employee-employer relationship. Submit one to another. Comes out of dealing with pride. Submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. And here, verse number 10, and I'm almost done. You have an enemy, the devil, and his demons. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The grace message, this, this false grace message out there, simply does not talk about an enemy that's out there that wants to destroy you. And you have to be mindful of that. Why? Because God loves you. He's got a plan, but the devil wants to destroy you. So you need to learn to put off the old self and put on the new. God's speaking to us. We can put off and put on. Say it with me. We can put off and put on. Don't be deceived by sin. Live holy. And lastly, be who you are. God's made us a very special people. We're going to go ahead and receive communion. Ushers, would you assist us, please? Did you get something from the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed. I've been washed. I've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with us? If you could begin to come, here's how we do it here because just seems to work better. If you'd come from that back row, if you'd have a desire, like to receive communion here at the close of the service, it's open. Anybody can. Just do it in a worthy manner. Come from the back and you begin to come up. They'll serve you and you peel off. Then find your seat. As soon as everybody's served, then we will eat and drink together. Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood, the blood, the blood. Nothing but the blood of the Lamb that washed me, cleansed me, made me whole. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
pray as people are being served that you would reveal unto us things that we need to put off. You just show us right now, God, we repent for maybe anger or perhaps there's those who've spoken lies, not been truthful, or maybe even had exaggeration as a part of their lifestyle. Come on, if that's you, repent. Forgive us, Lord, we have not operated in the opposite spirit. Forgive us, God, for where we've fallen short. Come on, examine your life. Examine your life before God. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he says, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So Father, before you right now with this cracker and this cup of juice, we remember that you made a way for us to be forgiven, to be adopted, to be grafted in, to have our sins forgiven, and even to have our sicknesses and diseases and brokenness in our body healed. And we now before you ask that you would wash us, cleanse us, forgive us, heal us. Thank you that you made a way out of no way. Thank you that you still bring streams in the desert. Thank you for your promises that are yes and amen for us. 
that you've given us everything we need for life and godliness and we can live holy holding out the word of truth in a crooked and a depraved generation that we would put off our old man right now we put off come on say it we put off our old make it personal i put off my old man and i put on the new created god like you in your image newness of life we declare that and we also declare that you are returning for your spotless bride we give you praise and we receive these things and declare them thus and so in jesus precious name amen let's eat and drink together give your life to christ give your life to jesus live for him the grace of god is so that you can live for him not so that you can see how close you can get to the world so you can live for god and be an example amen i hope you got something don't miss tonight six o'clock we'll have church tonight six o'clock leaders meeting for our commissioned leaders if that's used five o'clock upstairs in the generation room register be a part of that women's conference get your youth a part of that youth conference amen you can register online also all of you online people let's go ahead and close take someone by the hand won't you tonight after immediately following our evening service we'll have our year-end annual meeting it's a financial report we'll be here if you're formal members need you to turn out so we can get a quorum if you're a formal member i need you to show up all right we need you to get a quorum it's very important it's a legal meeting come on reach across the aisle won't you to reach across take someone by the hand let's pray pastor karen would you join me father thank you for what you've done today lord an example of how to live by grace to put off the old man and put on the new bless your people lord this morning in marvelous rest of the, the day here, a Sabbath rest, an encouraging day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, God, pour out your spirit upon each and every one. Use us to impact this community. Use us, God, to make a difference. Our mission field is all around us, our neighbors. Lord, put a boldness on us and stir up the gift of the evangelist that we would see a great harvest come in. We thank and praise you for it. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Praise the Lord. 12 o'clock service will start at 12. If you have children, if you would quickly go get them please thank you so much thanks for listening to king's chapel alaska and pastor daniel bracken our passion is making disciples of jesus christ who fulfill god's life call and help us to be the personal powerful and permeating church god's called us to be get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com kcalaska.com friend us on facebook and follow pastor daniel's tweets at alaska revival